Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to episode 131 of Near Perfect Pitch. Well, I can tell you that this week the show is brought to you by Bid, the monochrome set, and the Matisse Tortoise de Assiette. Indeed, I'm talking to Bid from the monochrome set at the end of the programme, which you should all be delighted about for, for, for obvious reasons. It's the second time I've had Bid on the show, and the monochrome set have got a new LP out, which we'll be talking all about at the end of, of the programme. The, uh, the usual fodder, as it were. New releases galore, and I'll go over them uh, in, in, in about 10 minutes or so, I think. There's the usual features. There's a Weekly Peel, Obligatory Fall, Ah, oh, Tune This, Cover Me, Essential Wax. Oh, my goodness me. And then there's the interview at the end of the programme. It's a good one. It's a good one. Thanks for joining me. And we'll kick things off this week with a little bit of Primal Scream, a re-release. Here she comes again with Figure it out, I've been avoiding the news 
that's the Soft Cavalry, a new project formed by the husband-wife duo of Steve Clark and the gorgeous vocals of Rachel Goswell of Slow Dive, of course. And uh, that's bulletproof of this year's self-titled debut. They're on Bella Union Records. You can snag it from bellaunion.com or you can give more money to the band by going to the softcavalry.bandcamp.com. Come and kick things off with a re-release, a wonderful one at that, of uh, Primal Scream's Velocity Girl, remastered in all of its wonderment. Get it on 7, get it on digital, or uh, not get it at all, if you haven't got it first time round. But it's nice to have a remastered version of that. New cover, and it uh, looks rather good as uh, as it sounds. So, uh, where are we now? Where are we? Where are we? Okay. Coming up next, a new release, something new by uh, by Puck there from Telford, and we've got something called No Place Alike, which is coming up. Uh, new release-wise, too, we've got something by Juliper Sky, which is stunning. They're from Manchester. They're brilliant. Uh, new material by the Hanna-Barberas. The Supernaturals are back, which is wonderful. The Murder Capital, we're going to hear something from them uh, that is new. New material also by the Catherines. They are prolific as you well know if you listen uh, often enough. And uh, Youth Sector in amongst some new gaffer tape Sandy as well. And uh, the special features I'll go over again later, although you should be reasonably familiar by now. So here we go. Here's some puck. Right or wrong when you need a job done 
been around these parts so long I'm the scenery In purgatory From the sins stretch my soul so thin Hell whispers down the wind Without end Watch you call This is no place like
And that's this week's Weekly Peel. That's broadcast with a appeal session from the 15th of September 1996, Forget Every Time, featuring the wonderful vocals of uh, Trish Keenan, who is no longer with us, which is very, very sad. But uh, broadcast there from Birmingham. And that is this week's instalment of Weekly Peel, preceded by No Place Like by Puck, that's P-U-K-K, official P-U-K-K.bandcamp.com is where you can snag Puck's material. Up next, from Manchester, Juliper Sky.
That's Hammock featuring the marvellous Steve Kilby, he of the church, who was on the show just a few weeks ago, off the Asleep in the Downlights EP by Hammock, that's Sinking Inside You. And my favourite song of the moment is by Juliper Sky from Manchester. It's called Heaven. It's their debut and it is gorgeous. Facebook.com slash Juliper Sky and that's Juliper, not Juniper. Right, time for this week's obligatory 4R tune. This week, we're going to go all the way back to the full seventh LP from 1984, the wonderful and frightening world of the formal. Here's Slanking. You feel depressed because you've missed the day. To whom you are speaking
this week's obligatory fall oh track slanking from 1984 don't usually uh, play one song and then chirp up, but didn't want to play two special features in a row without introducing the second one. Well, we've just heard our obligatory fall art track. We've had our weekly peel, and now it's time for our third special feature, which is the norm. You know, we have uh, we have five or six a week, pretty religiously. It's time for tune this. It's to uh, it's a tune that's designed to have you parade around with reckless abandon and having uh, no concern for those and others around you. Just lose it to what is in popular vernacular and parlance. A banger. And this is Drunk Girls by LCD Sound System.
LCD sound system. That's the Holy Ghost remix of Drunk Girls. A single from 2010. And that was preceded by this week's obligatory fall oh, track, Slanking. And that was of uh, the wonderful and frightening world of the fall, their seventh LP from 84. Yep, it's time for another, yeah, another special feature. But before I get into it, I'll let you know what is coming up around the corner. We've got uh, the new releases taken care of. I mentioned to you uh, all of those at uh, the beginning of the programme. But uh, in terms of catalogue music, we've got some material by Lovers with a double L, ESG from New York City. Fantastic stuff, a real blast from past. We've got our Essential Wax. We've got uh, material by Blouse, the Delgados, the Gulps, these animal men, and Marabou State. And don't forget a chat with Bid of the monochrome set at the end of the program talking about the wonderful new LP Fabula Mendax. It's a brilliant, brilliant record. Right, what have I got queued up next as my amnesia slowly begins to kick in? Yes, it's this week's Cover Me. The Frightened Rabbit tribute record uh, has been out just a, just a few weeks, so it's technically a new release. A celebration of Frightened Rabbits, the midnight organ fight. And uh, it's called Tiny Changes. It's beautiful, features a, a raft of wonderful talent, including this lot, Biffy Clearo. A cripple walks amongst you, all you tired human beings He's got all the things a cripple has not to work in arms and legs And vital parts fall from a system and dissolve in Scottish rain Vitally, he doesn't miss them, he's too fucked up to care is that you in front of me Coming back for even more of exactly the same You must be a masochist To love a modern leper on his last leg On his last leg Crippled your heart a hundred times and still can't work out why You see, I've got this disease that I can't shake And I'm just rattling through life Well, this is how we do things now, yeah This is how the modern stays scared So I cut out all the good stuff Yeah, I cut off my foot despite my
The Sound of Happiness by the Hanna-Barberas off the brand new Dial H for Hanna-Barberas. The Hanna-Barberas.bandcamp.com And before we heard that, we heard The Modern Leper, as done by Biffy Clearo. They're doing some Frightened Rabbits, uh, one of several acts on Tiny Changes, a celebration of Frightened Rabbits, the Midnight Organ Fight, a beautiful compilation that you need to have in your collection. We are 10 songs in. Let's go to Germany now, shall we? And here's something by an outfit called Grendel, a song about the Northern Line in England, in London specifically, on the Tube.
from 1981. That's ESG with UFO there from the South Bronx. And this particular track was recorded by the legendary Martin Hannett. He'd already laid down uh, two tracks, uh, specifically Moody and You're No Good, and he had three minutes left on the master tape, so story goes. And that's how UFO came to uh, prominence and to fruition. And it's probably ESG's most well-known track, ironically. There you have it. And before that, from Germany, we heard Grendel from Ascending the Abyss and a tune called Northern Line about uh, the, the tube line, which I used to travel on quite a lot going back and forth to uh, Golders Green. Uh, infectedrecordings.bandcamp.com is where you can get your hands on uh, Grendel's material. The Supernaturals from Scotland, they're back, and they've got a fifth LP called Bird of Luck, which is brand spanking. Here's a song called Magpie. Fire 
That is proper tidy. That is the murder capital. Brand new stuff off their debut LP, When I Have Fears. They're from Dublin, and that was called Don't Cling to Life, the murder capital dot com. And before that, brand new material by the Supernaturals off their new and fifth LP, Bird of Luck. They've been uh, away for about four or five years, I think. It's been about five years since the last album. And it is a horrendously long URL uh, on Facebook to keep uh, in touch with them. So go through the show notes or just do a keyword search for the Supernaturals on Facebook. Up next, from the northeast of England with their third single, a band called Lovers with a double L. And here's a song called Honestly. And honestly, it's really, really good.
Banderas, and that's Don't Let That Man, and that's from 1991, off their Ripe LP, their debut and only LP, which is this week's Essential Wax. And I'll get into that in a lot more detail in just a couple of seconds, but I should also remind you that prior to hearing that, we heard Lovers with uh, Honestly. They're from the northeast of the UK. That's their latest single, facebook.com slash we are lovers and that's lovers with a double l now let's get back to our essential wax this week brought to you by everything indie over 40 a wonderful musical community that you need to participate in and join and reap the rewards from hanging out in an ethereal capacity with people who have the same musical taste as you and me good folk are the people at everything indie over 40.com now London Records was the home to Ripe, released in 1991. So who are Banderas? Well, they're a British duo, uh, ostensibly, uh, Caroline Buckley and uh, Sally Herbert. And they were backup singers to Jimmy Somerville's band, The Communards. This record was produced by Stephen Haig, worked with New Order and a litany of other cool acts, especially in the early 90s to to late 90s. Uh, And on the LP are collaborations with uh, Jimmy Somerville, guitarist Johnny Marr and Mr Bernard Sumner from New Order. Three singles have released off the LP, of which this is one of them, She Sells.
Portland, Oregon. That's Blouse with time travel. Blousect.bandcamp.com and uh, time travel, the name of that track, as I have mentioned. Good, good tune, that is. And before that, we heard a couple. We heard two by Banderas, which uh, is uh, our essential wax this week, is brought to you by Everything Indie Over 40. Banderas right from 1991, Caroline Buckley and Sally Herbert. Now, it's time to go to Brighton to hear the debut single by Youth Sector, Renting Spaces in My World. This is an absolute gem. Get your ears around this. Don't believe 
20 songs in to episode 131 of Near Perfect Pitch. That is The Catherines from Hamburg. They're fantastic. I love them. Every time there's a new single of theirs, I play it just because thecatherines.bandcamp.com. Preceded by From Brighton, Youth Sector with Renting Spaces in My World, facebook.com slash youth sector band. Right, as I mentioned, 20 songs in. We've got about seven songs to go before we get into our interview with Bid of the monochrome set and it is another beauty he's a very uh, very intelligent and um, 
uh, quite loquacious actually uh, if uh, if you poke in the right directions and uh, love the monochrome set you should love the monochrome set and if you are an avid listener which i hope you are you will have heard an interview with bid last year but this is about uh, the latest and greatest lp fabula mendax which is uh, which is just about out i believe i'm trying to rack my little amnesiac brain here. Any road, what's up next? I'll tell you what's up next. The Delgados are up next.
the release I neglected to mention in terms of a new release at the beginning of the programme. That is brand new material by Hurricane Number no. 1. It's called Shine On Through off their brand new Buddha at the Gas Pump LP. Follow them. Follow them in earnest at facebook.com slash hurricane no one official. And that's N-O, the number one, official. Up next, from London, off their new EP, their latest EP, In the King's House. Here's the gulps, and a tune called My Girl from Liverpool. (laughs) 
music. What's your favourite kind of music? Stuff like Sunday. What kind of music do they make? I don't know. Do they make banging tunes? Yes! B banging tunes! <laughs> With a lead track to their latest release, Family Mammal, that is Gaffer Tape Sandy with Beehive. And I've got to try and find you what the URL is. I could have sworn I'd scribbled that down. Uh, yeah, gaffertapesandy.bandcamp.com. And before we heard uh, the latest and greatest by that lot, who are incidentally very, very good, aren't they? Um, we heard the gulps of uh, Youth Sounds, a label 
in uh, London, but the Gulps are, are a London-based band, but they're a conglomerate of uh, Eastern European chaps and uh, Middle Eastern chaps, and uh, that is a tune called My Girl from Liverpool. Catch it on number, isn't it, really? Off uh, In The King's House, their latest EP, and you can get your hands on that through youthsoundsrecords.bandcamp.com. Two more songs before we get into music by the brilliant and uh, really unparalleled the monochrome set and a chat with bid we're going to start off uh, the set of two with this these animal men it's hard when you're always right to make a decision to make a choice the overbearing mental stream of thoughts and inspirations it gets me down it makes me crazy Having a sad 
Now isn't that lovely? That is Maribou State with glass houses off last year's Kingdoms in Colour LP and that was preceded by from 1995. These Animal Men with You're Always Right off Taxi for These Animal Men. And now it's time, it is time, to talk to Bid but only after I play you a couple of songs off the new and forthcoming Fabula Mendax, their 15th studio LP, out on September 27th. So you're getting a real good sneak peek here. Let's hear a couple in a row, both chosen by Bid. Come to me, oh my beautiful, and rest unquiet spirit. And as he creeps up him, he is kissed. I wish taught me that trick in Paula Brands. She breathed that thick fog in a sort of trance. If I can kiss him, something else will, something else will. If I can touch him, something else will, something else will. Come to me, oh my beautiful Come to me, oh my beautiful The sailor dips her toes into the sea As it flows around his feet It is me I knew it was too that in Port of Spain The blue cat poured around my ankle chain If I can kiss him Something else will Something else will If I can touch him Something else will Something else will Come to me, oh my beautiful Come to me, oh my beautiful Turn it into the sky And when it showers him It is I Which will be from the hair of a maid It fades in sunlight And goes in the shade If I can kiss him Something else will Something else will If I can touch him Something else will Something else will Come to me, oh my beautiful 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 Skin. This lamp you'd like to turn on, but I know you'd never win. 
There's a love that's hanging from the top deck of an ark A pure creation that shouts the voices of the dark And your candle has been lit Rest and quiet spirits Your ship of fools meets fate within the two eyes of a storm These fools you'd like to dilate, but I think you'll be forlorn There's a distant foreign shore with tower burning bright Warning ravens nevermore, ye sailors of the night And your candle has been lit Rest and quiet spirit That was a quick-fire double shot of two songs off the forthcoming new and 15th studio LP by the Monochrome set, entitled Fabula Mendax, and we heard in uh, in order that we first heard Come To Be Oh My Beautiful, and uh, that was followed by Rest Unquiet Spirit. Now it's time to go over to me and a chat with Bid, which I know, if there was such a thing as a money-back guarantee on this programme, I would offer one to you, because uh, you're going to enjoy it. Why? Because it's doubtless... Here I am, and here's Bid. Back soon. Hello, is this Bid? Yes, it is. Hi, Bid. It's Dara calling from Near Perfect Pitch. How are we keeping? Oh, hi. Hi. Yeah, good. Good. I, I just wanted to make sure that you're expecting me. Did I, did I catch you unawares? Um, no, no, no. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm here, ready. Fantastic. Well, that's all I can reasonably expect. Are you uh, are you uh, suffering the heat reasonably well? What are you doing to come? No. Oh, okay. Good, good. I've not been, not been, not been keeping mega tabs, but uh, my my close family have been uh, 
just about past their exp expiration date the last couple of days. It's been absolutely yeah, brutal. Yeah, it's, it's a record temperatures. It's really terrible. It, 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 it's actually worse to just the body adjusting to the fluctuations, you know, which are kind of wild. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have it to a degree over here, but it's it's, it's more consistent. Uh, we have we have ridiculously yeah. hot summers here, which are consistent as opposed to these peaks and troughs. Anyway, I digress immensely. I just wanted to make sure that you were fighting fit and hydrated. That was the main concern. Um, well, well the, the record. Let's talk about the record and what a record it is. I'm lucky enough to have heard the, the, the entire shooting match. And um, yeah. wow. Uh, so let, let's let's just start with your your rate of, of product of late. It, it's sort of hitting early to mid nineties trajectory in terms of output. How 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 is that? Because you are uh, literally you, you're turning into Marquis Smith. You're checking out an LP every year now. It's not no. It's it's about a year and a half, and that's really yeah. um, the average. Well, I mean, you know, we're we're, we're all sort of considered ourselves and, and acted like a mainstream band, just a small one, if you like. And that's really kind of average, you know, for the old days, for the 70s. Oh, yes. Um, it's about, once you get into the swing of it, it's kind of every 18 months or so you put it out now because you take, well, whatever, six months to, to write and record the thing, and then you're out promoting it for a year or so. And, and um, you kind of keep going, if you can, you know, if you're able to write, and I am able to write. It's what, once you get onto the treadmill, it's quite important to just keep going, because um, if you stop, you just sort of, especially in, in these days, you tend to just disappear off the face of the earth. Yes, momentum um, almost permanently lost, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, unless you've got someone tweeting on your behalf <laughs> constantly, you kind of just, you just sort of disappear because you don't really have the forums of the print press coming out every week. So you just have to keep um, battering on people's eyes, if you like, um, uh, doing this. You don't see any way to keep the communication going. Well, yeah, I mean, 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019 has been the, the latest, yeah. the latest uh, batch, if you like, and uh, the, the biggest dearth was really between uh, Trinity and Platinum, wasn't it? That was the... The, the yeah, well, well, I, I mean, well, we, we, the nineties were very, very difficult for a lot of bands because, because really, the internet only started properly um, for business at the, at the, towards the in the music business at the, towards the end mm. of the nineties, and you still had really ancient websites and things. Like that. People forget how how recent the whole thing is, is you know. Absolutely. Um, and so it was very difficult because it was all just word of mouth and having agencies and trying to book gigs and things and. The bands weren't really empowered to do anything themselves, but when MySpace came along, so so you know, I mean, to cut a long story short, we we, we just stopped. Uh, yeah. And and I just went on to do other things. I did I did some production. I started another band, and around about the time that that other band became a live band, it started becoming much easier to do gigs. And I, I got all the stuff together and did that, and it just and the monochrome set revolved in 2011. It was just the right time to do it. Yes. You know? Yes. Now, now the record itself. Now let's <laughs> let's talk about the average individual being cognizant and well versed in Armand de Pange. It's yes. so let's 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 just call that a gross anomaly. So, uh, if if you were to read the bio at first glance, you'd think it was holy Monty Python's Holy Grail esque almost. Um, how, 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 how did you? 
how, how did you get into it? I mean, for want of a better expression, to, to, to well, become... This is what, you know, this is what people, if people need to be educated in what, in, into what, I mean, this is, sounds very pretentious for me to say this, but it's just a fact. If people need to be educated into what art is, this is art. Mm. Art is something that, that you don't expect. And, and you don't, and it, you know, a good artist will always do something slightly unexpected because that's what they do. They create things out of nothing. You know, so, and, and in, the, in the days of, of New Wave, that's what they used to do. Now, for a very long period of time, in, in the past 20 years, people have just been replicating what other people have been doing. We don't do that. No. So, but, but part of our audience expects change from us, just moving into different directions all the time, just because it just amuses us to do it. So, so you know, when we say it's based on, on 15th century manuscripts, it doesn't mean to say it's going to sound like Georgian chant, it's going to be like three minute pop songs, but with a kind of medieval, <laughs> medieval feel. You know? Absolutely. You know, you just have to look back on, on the kind of experimental music they had in the late 60s, early 70s, and people trying different things in art, and that's what we like doing. You know, we'll just bung a bit of this, bung a bit of dulcimer in it, and see what happens. Well, you know, it's, it's not just churning out. Um, you know, what we particularly don't want to do is we don't want to sound like uh, the monochrome set did in, in 1980 or in 1990. We just don't look back at all. We're just constantly looking forward and, and trying things out. That's what we've always done. Yeah. Well, you're not disappointing this time at all because being not remotely formulaic has been has been your mantra and, and the expectancy of the fan base is, is just that, is that it's... Uh, forgive me, I hate making musical comparisons, but... It's like unwrapping uh, a, a new LP by the monochrome set. Uh, is the only thing I can, I can parallel it with in my musical experiences is 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 the uh, the one to to two full albums that used to come out every year. Um, in terms of its, this is a surprise. You'd never get anything that you'd remotely expect. Uh, and and of course, parallels are, are very very loose in, in terms of. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that the the kind of directional parallels. The only one that I can think of would be Zappa. Yeah. In, in, in that Zappa used to change his directions quite often just on a whim. But, but at the same time, I don't think that um, it's an exaggeration to say that this doesn't sound like the monochrome set. It sounds very much like the monochrome set. It's just got a, a subtlety about it. Yes. Where, where it's, it's very, very different. I mean, there's one song in it called Rest on Quiet Spirit, which is the first track on the album. Mm -hmm. It's really just a three minute pop song. But I just, I, it's just really exciting and it's exciting for the audience as well to hear stuff like that but it's not totally off the wall it's not like a, um, you know 40 minutes of one note or, or some horrible bit of screaming going over something these are just like lovely melodic songs that really a lot of people can get into but there's an awful lot of subtleties involved in the whole in the whole um, thing 
You're, I, this, you're preaching to the choir, a hundred percent. But I just wanted this is for the benefit of those who are who are learning about you. But but noticeably the monochrome set, but obviously a a, a tangible shift from from, from Maisie and cosmonaut and, and spaces. But that's 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 the beautiful that's the beautiful aspect of the band is that as I, as I mentioned, you, you drop the needle and it and it's you. But it's oh look what they've packaged for us this time, and it, and it really is a wonderful experience being on this side of the fence. And I know that you. Uh, you gain an awful lot out of it being on your side of the fence by virtue of you churning out this this wonderful oeuvre of work every 18 months. Now, now, now let's talk a bit more about Armand. If, if you could just educate us in elevator pitch talk in terms of the the, 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 the documentation that, that Armand actually, the, the lengths that, that, uh, that we went to. Well, the, the, the album is actually uh, based on some manuscripts written by a woman um, whose obvious pseudonym was Armand de Ponge, who became a follower of Joan of Arc in the early 15th century. And these manuscripts were written after the death of Joan of Arc, when Armand de Ponge had returned back to the east of France. Now, there was a huge amount of people who were following Joan of Arc, and there was an awful lot of, um, at that time, people might be surprised, there was quite a few female warriors as well within both sides, particularly on the French side, and Armand was one of them. And um, it, it's clear that it's a pseudonym because Pons is just a, was a tiny village with a burnt-out castle, so she came from north of Lorraine in the forest corner of France mm-hmm. and returned to Metz, uh, which was one of the, the huge... But it wasn't actually in France at the time, it was kind of in what later became Germany, uh, and she was obviously from nobility and had just taken on the pseudonym Armand being derived from female warrior. So she, she just joined up and there were who were involved in the whole thing. And there's only one song which is actually explicitly about Joan of Arc, which is the La Chanson de la Pacelle, the last track of the album. Yeah. Um, but the rest, of, the rest of the album is really kind of loosely based on... on uh, manuscripts that she wrote and that I've seen. Um, and these, these, there's an awful lot of things in, in the world and in history which aren't on Wikipedia, and this is one of them. Because, of, I mean, my own life, I don't have a Wikipedia page. But uh, it's just because the people who, who have these documents don't particularly want them. You know, the crowds of people from Kansas come turning up on their doorstep and demanding to see them. So that's why they're fairly secret, you know, because yeah. they just don't really care about um, uh, whether people know about them or not. So anyway, that that's kind of it's a kind of secret history, but there's an awful lot of secret histories in world history that that, that people would just not know. And you know, like tears in rain, as Roy Bassey said, poor old uh, Rutger Howard died recently. Yes, but so it, these things just disappear in in history. But I just I just discovered one of them, and I decided to write an album about it. And so you have, so you have. You, you've dug, you've exposed, and you've shared. It's, it's quite, it's quite a beautiful thing. It, it, the, the bio that I've received is is reasonably is reasonably detailed when it when it uh, applies to to fab, fabula, but but doesn't doesn't uh, mention the band as it stands. Are you uh, able just to just to give us uh, the band lineup? Is it the same as the last LP verbatim? It is. Yeah, it's the same as it's the same as Maisie World. So it's, it's myself on guitar, vocals, Andy Warren. Um, uh, original member from uh, and bass and vocals and John Paul Moran on keyboards and vocals and um, 
Mike Urban on drums. Oh, wonderful! So it is. It is. It's, it's, it's the same, and it's the same bunch that uh, we uh, did the US tour, and we'll do the uh, US tours next year as well. I was going to ask about the US tour, but just before I do, um, uh, John Clayton uh, is he involved in any way at all? Oh yeah, yeah. He he did the production. Okay. He's just absolutely brilliant to work. Superb. I made that. I just made that uh, assumption that, that John was involved because there's an awful lot of musical genre here to, to rein in as such. Uh, yeah. And it's it, it, it's it must have been a daunting task had he not been there. Yeah, really. And and you know, I, I, I'm I kind of with he's suggesting executive decisions all the time, and I'm making them. Go, I mean, I had this fantastic mariachi. Um, uh, 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 Brass part, which which was on one song called I, I feel uh, I can't sleep yeah. in the chorus, and it was just too much, you know, because I really need, you know, we put it on, <laughs> and it was just oh no, that's way too much. We'll have to take that off, and then and then we find a, an, an instrument, and and you know, it's, it's like uh, um, uh, the dulcimer. Uh, we we just asked um, Kate Arnold to play some dulcimer just separately by, by itself. Well, that sounds good. Could you just record some dulcimer? And then we just put it onto a track on mm. my little reliquary. Re well, not actually thinking that we were going to necessarily end up using it. And um, and it's just, you know, like mixing and matching and that kind of thing. It's like a rather horrible time in a in a fusion kitchen. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> so, no, no, no. No, I'm not having courgettes straight out the window. It, it's... Uh, <laughs> But, but having a vision of the whole thing that it's going to be fairly dark mm. but at the same time it's not going to be negatively dark it's warm it's and it's it's full of and one thing which is very important about the uh, the my friend set it's very lyric driven so that it always sounds like us because the lyrics are always the lyrics it's always uh monochrome set style lyrics you know it's fairly rich it's fairly poetic so that you can really hang stuff off that yes I love that. I love that explanation because yeah, you, you've made all these lateral moves, but they haven't been as 
knee-jerk is, or, or, or hard no, to handle. It, it, it's like hearing uh, a Le the Leonard Cohen album with, with all the strings on it. It just still, still sounds like Leonard Cohen because it was, the lyrics were what Leonard Cohen was all about, you know, so that's such a huge, important part of the, the album that it doesn't really make as much difference as you think it would. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's absolutely fantastic to hear it from the horse's mouth uh, because as a fan... Of course, you, you, you conjure up your own interpretations and uh, the mind races and uh, everything everything from thinking, I wonder how Bid came up with this too. Doesn't that sound wonderful? And I wonder and I wonder how they got that sound. It's just it's just it's a labyrinth. When there's a new album by the Monochrome set, it's a labyrinth of fun where you listen to it once, twice, thrice, four times, five times, and it's a different it's a different experience every time until until it finds that place where it just settles with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's only I was just listening to the album again. You know, I tend not to listen to it so much when it's done because it's good being on on various loop tapes in my head for 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 months. So I just want to get away from it. But I'd listened to it a couple of days ago, and I just suddenly noticed that the bass was playing this really interesting part in one song. <laughs> I just realised. Really noticed it before yeah. because it, it's sort of it's a whirlwind when you get into the studio. And I sort of trust other people that they're going to do something good. And uh, I mean, I must have noticed it at the time, but it's really interesting the way it just kind of interacted with, with the other instruments. And, you know, you kind of, I suppose, that you keep one of your several eyes or ears um, on these things, and that, that's why they don't bother you, they've jumped out at me. But it's just, I mean, even for me, and I'm, I've been listening to all this stuff, all these individual instruments, but it, it just suddenly strikes me and says, oh, well, that part. And, uh, I can hear now that I could have added two or three sections to, to the album. And, Possibly adjusted this or that, but it's just you know. You, um, you let go at the right complicated. time. It's complicated because we don't have any. Um, there's no template for an album like that, so it's very very difficult. Unless you go into, I don't know, prog rock, but even there, there's no real template because it's it's um, with with bands like Yes, it's uh, the lyrics and the vocals are very much soundscapes. They're they're, they're an instrument, you know. Yeah. They don't exactly say anything, whereas this is this is really. Well, I just wonder. I wonder how many tracks were used at, 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 the, at the nadir of 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 of, uh, of John's work. Because um, in my limited uh, musical production qualification, uh, I, I've you know d d done my fair share in the past and haven't done for, for many many years. But uh, the, the production on the record, I, I just made the assumption, as I said earlier, that it was John. Uh, yeah. But, but it, it's yeah. it's it's a I monument. Mean, there's, there's, there's a purity in what he does as well. He doesn't like hmm. to overcompress things, and I don't either. And we like we like to separate things, but at the same time we like to make them all mesh. It's a kind of meshed separation, and um, and he's just got an ear for things which I don't. You know, I mean, he can he just well, we're in the middle of recording something or mixing something, he'll just stop and and just say, well, that's not right or something, and we'll go back and we we'll just tweak this tiny little thing. And I'm kind of like like that as well. So we would just constantly tweaking things, little tiny things which other people wouldn't notice. Marvellous. Well, that's so what it's all about. To make this. Hmm? That's what it's all about. It's the, it's the subtle yeah. the little nuances that make the uh, the, the whole and uh, yeah. often goes unappreciated. Yeah, I, I also think it's, it's when you take something in uh, to an album and you have a whole load of ideas, everyone is going to respond to that and they will start coming up with ideas of themselves. Yes. Whereas, I mean, when I've played on other people's albums and, and you kind of have to you have to, you're expected to come up with an awful lot if you're a good player yourself. If there's nothing there, it kind of increasingly gets difficult, but when you're already faced with 
Yeah. Invariably positive. Somebody has to get the ball rolling for the. Ca someone has to be the catalyst for the creativity to get start flowing. Yeah, yeah that makes intrinsic sense. Um, you talked about the tour. Um, how how well, in your estimation, did it go? I think it was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I mean, as I said, I was saying about um, the problem with not having printed forums uh, anymore in the form of um, weekly press is that it's very, very difficult to con contact people nowadays. Hmm. And especially difficult in a, in a country like America where people, uh, not, uh, they don't have landlines so much anymore, so they move around all the time and they're just on their phone. And it's, That's good to know. And selfishly, being that I'm north of the border, um, usually when uh, there's the odd Canadian date from a US tour, it ends up being Montreal or Toronto. But if, if there's ever a hope in Hades of Montreal, Toronto, or Vancouver, I know that the Canadian audiences would love to would, would envelop you as well as the US for sure. I, I think so. We we have been, and you know, um, uh, uh, Orson Presence, who's in the band in the nineties, he lives in Montreal. Oh, perfect. And, and he could facilitate the gig for us in Montreal. And we have been looking at it, and we know it's much, much cheaper to go to Canada than it is America, and it's a question of time. We were thinking, because we're doing, we're doing the Midwest um, in May, uh, and we were kind of thinking, shall we go to Canada? It might still be possible. Oh, wonderful. Sure. Wonderful. Um, mm, no, but I'm still, I'm still not sure, because the problem for us is, because um, we have to put up so much amount of money for America at least, Yes. It's a question of at least getting a minimum amount of gigs where, where we have guarantees and not just all money. So it's still a bit of a risk for us to, to, to go to Canada, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, if ever you need any help in, in conjunction with that, I'm your man in conjunction with Montreal's. Uh, uh, headquarters there. It'd be lovely to see you in this country. I've, I've never seen you in Canada. See, see you in, seeing you back home is, is the only place I've ever seen you, not even in the US. I've not been lucky enough to see you on this continent because it's just geographically not viable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned Zappa earlier. Now, now you, you'd made some comparisons, of course, in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, the, the the relentless output and 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 other other parallels. But are you actually a Zappa fan as as well as making having made those comparisons? Uh, to a point. Yeah. I think yeah. It's probably only about a 
about three or four Zephyr albums that I could listen to without going mad. Yeah. Um, you, you Are What You Is is, is a, a classic album of all time, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. But he was very, very variable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I, I mean, it, it was just more in a question of the guy just goes off and does something that he's interested in. And I'm not really... Um, I'm not really a fan of that. I don't like to actually go too far out of of where I am because where I am is really a lyric writer. Yeah. Everything comes from that. So so I don't really want to deliberately change my style of lyric writing. Um, and I, I can't. So so everything is attached to that and it's it's like I, I decided at an early stage, which I kind of did with this album, that it was going to go down a certain musical path. And I kind of slightly tweaked the songs as I wrote them to go down that path. Yeah. But it really derives from the lyrics, you know. So I know that Zappa is also very ly- lyric orientated, but it just seemed to do anything. And and it's just it's, it's sort of up to a degree is it Zappa-esque in the in the sense that we'll just try other things out, but it isn't that um, extreme. Oh crikey, not 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 even close. I used I used to work for Ryko Disc back in the day and have all Zappa's catalogue and uh, selling that product and promoting that product was uh, a very unique experience. That's all I'll say. It was very unique because because the, the Zappa fans are that they are absolutely sycophantic and rabid. <laughs> well, much much like the monochrome set, but not to the same not to the same degree. I don't think yeah. any, anyone is in the same degree because because Zappa could put out a recording of himself on the toilet and people would be marvelling about it. it. It took it to the next level, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I get get great pleasure. I sort of you know try not to, but I get, I do get great pleasure out of just like you know ordinary people see like listen to a track and just think, wow, that's great. I think, wow, that's that, that's nice, you know. Uh, people who wouldn't normally be attracted to an album promoted as the monochrome set, you know, late seventies, post punk, whatever, but they listen to it and they think, Well, wow, that's nice. Yeah. And and you know I mean the songs like Come to Me Are My Beautiful, it's just like to me it's almost like a red bone pop tune from the seventies. It is. That that one in particular is it's 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 a love song, it's a beautiful song, that it, it's a it's a it it, it it could have been released back then. And it could and it yeah. could have been released yesterday, which which of course, it's the Paul Roberts. It's, it's not released until September the twenty seventh. But, yeah. but 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 uh, yeah, I, I understand implicitly, and so will you lot once you get to hear it. Which which leads me to the next question. It might even be one of the tracks that you hear because I'm going to ask Bid now for to pick three tunes to play to surround this interview. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, picking three off the LP that you would like to to feature, I'd be delighted to play uh, all three. Okay, that's brilliant. That's that's three and, right and there. If, if if you want a La Chanson de Rappersel, just because, but if, if there is room for four, there's always room for four for the monochrome set. So we'll do yeah. the we'll do the last do the last track as well. We'll do the do the Purcell, uh, Joan of Arc song, which is which is yeah. which is brilliant. Well, that's ace. You've saved me programming. And and if you remember last time we had a, we had a chat, I I got onto the very serious subject matter of of, of biscuits and. Um, and, and I did ask you um, hypothetically if 
well, Montreal's two hours down the road. So if, if you were around my place for, for a cup of tea uh, with the band and you've got the hot beverage in your hand and I come out of the pantry with the magic biscuit tin and ask you to choose any biscuit from any cosmic universe, past, present or future, what would you choose? Right at the moment, I'm really into this Spanish biscuit called uh, Asiette, de, uh, Asiette de something or other. That means it kind of plate. Like a, a bit like a small poppadum. And it's... Uh, covered in sugar and it's made with I don't know fennel seeds or something really it's just fantastic you've got to you've got to try one Asiette de la Asiette de la what bit No, it sounds fantastic because I mean it means a, a plate of something. So I, I can, I'm already salivating. Oh, I know what it is. Right, torta de assiette traditional. A A C E I T E. Torta de assiette the traditional one. It's okay. from Andalusia, and um, it, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. I don't I'm know just. If you have <laughs> I'm making feverish notes. I've not been to Andalusia lately, but you, you, I can categorically say that you are the only one in this particular category. So uh, you, you've educated me as, on biscuits as well as music. So I thank you for that immensely. And, and I hope, I hope Bid, that, that, of course, being a, an expectant fan, that, that hopefully we can have a chat after the next, next album, whilst everyone has the next year and a half to, to, to get used to, to Fabula Mendax. What a brilliant record. And you don't need someone like me to tell you that, but just... Please keep on keeping on. It's an absolute joy to have the monochrome set in our lives, and, and I thank you for that. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll talk to you very, very soon. Okay, thank you. All the best, Bid. Okay, bye. Cheers. Bye. There you go, peeps. That was Bid and myself having a chat about uh, the latest and greatest and 15th studio LP by the monochrome set, Fabula Mendax. Let's hear the third song as chosen by Bid himself, the third of three, Summer of the Demon. In the courtyard of my twilight there are shadows running free And they spoke unto each other but they never spoke to me Placing down my fatal kiss I bade them to slow down and hiss Tell me this, tell me this, tell me this Why won't you speak unto me? They beckoned me to follow, so up scattered steps we rushed Past rotten tongues and broken pots and festivals of dust At summit of this secret chase, a heavy curtain of gems we faced Tell me face, tell me face, tell me face What lies behind that you lust? I crawled alone and blind beneath the stinging rain But the singing in my ears was not the ringing of the pain As twilight soothed my burning brow I felt it less to my liking now Tell me how, tell me how, tell me how How must I see this again? Oh God, the sunlight was 
That's the third of three songs that we've heard from the forthcoming 15th studio LP, Fabula Mendax, which is out uh, September the 27th. My thanks, of course, go to bid. Thank you, sir, for your time and your candour, and hope you enjoyed it, you lot, because I certainly did. And, of course, I thank you, each and every one of you, for listening. Uh, I can't help but mention the uh, the Matisse Tortoise to Assiette uh, Biscuit, which, of course, is uh, Bid's choice. Uh, you should check out the Magic Biscuit tin, actually. It's, uh, it rather is something to behold with the amount of biscuits that are now uh, uh, being displayed on that spreadsheet. Um, thanks to you. Recommend the programme to somebody who you believe needs some musical defibrillation. I'd be very grateful to you if you could do that for me and uh, spread the word amongst those with taste. All the best. Be safe. Have a good week. Be nice. Ta-ra.